0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road over in New Jersey. And as you all know, but I need to tell you in case there's someone new listening, that we get together every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, channel 147. And this is the show where steel and soil meet. <clears throat> and believe it or not i actually had somebody send me a letter saying well it's really not good to put steel in soil we should do no-till and uh i explained to him what, that's just a tagline that i have and i am a no-till farmer but i understand that i understand and appreciate that some people do have to put steel in soil but it's not meant actually the steel going into the soil it, i meant for it to to explain that we talk about the interaction of all different types of machinery on the farm. So that is what it is all about. But before I get going, I need to give some shout outs. And these people reached out to me not only to get a pin in my map, and if you're not familiar with that, I have a map in my office. And if you were to reach out to me at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com, and you could tell me where you listen from, and you could tell me a little bit about yourself and your operation, if you like, and if you uh, don't want to, that's cool also. No worries here. No problems, as we say in New Jersey. And uh, and then you will have a pin in my map. I will announce you both on my show, this show, Farm Machinery Digest Radio, and on my podcast, Idle Chatter. And I forgot to tell you that that a week after... Farm Machinery Digest radio airs on Sirius XM channel 147. It is on my website, which is farmmachinerydigest.com. I know it gets confusing, so my farm machinery, farm machinery, but as uh, a podcast. So if you have if you ever miss an episode, and you want to catch up, or you want to, well, lots of times you know in life. I could discuss something, and that goes the same thing for me. Somebody could be talking about a subject for either machinery or, or agronomically or anything else, and you're interested in it, but you don't have the need at that particular point. And then down the road, there's a need for that information. You go, I remember there was a show on that, so just go to my website, and all of the episodes will be posted there. But also, more importantly, is that... When you do contact me, not only do I get a pin that's your gift to me, but I put you in the drawing for a hot rod farmer license plate made in USA, stamped aluminum embossed hot rod farmer license plate, which I did not receive yet. It should be I know I tell you that every week, but they told me six to eight weeks. <clears throat> excuse me, when I placed the order. So it's coming near that time so God willing that they will start that they will be shipped to me and then I could start to pull names of witnesses and as i always tell you every week don't just let me everybody's name goes into a box. So it doesn't mean because you contacted me this week and you didn't win that you're not going to win. It could be somebody who contacted me last year and gave me a, probably not a year ago, six months ago since I started to put pins in my map. So don't worry about it. All right. It's not that you have to, that you're going to win only that week. So uh, that is what's going on there. But to get back to my shout outs, Mr. John Pulver, From Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, Mr. Dave, and I'm going to kill his name as I did on my podcast, Kivioya from Maryland. Mr. Andy Lindsay from Freeport, Pennsylvania. So they all gave me a pin in my map, but a special shout out to Mr. Ken Barley. And he is from Sydney, Montana. He gave me a pin in my map a long, long time ago. But he just shouted out to me the other day, he was listening to the show last week, and he sent me an email, and he just wanted to say howdy, and he was actually in the midst of hauling oil field equipment to Tioga, North Dakota. So, hey Ken, thanks so much for the shout, for for reaching out to me, love to hear from all of you, but Ken is always reaching out to me, and I put a pin in my map for Tioga, T-I-O-G-A, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, North Dakota. So I don't know who was there, but there's a pin in my map because Ken goes from Sydney, Montana and brings some oil field equipment there. And hopefully, God willing, they get that oil well fired up. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to be discussing... Uh, synthetic versus mineral engine oil and when it is best for you to use a mineral engine oil instead of a synthetic and that probably flies in contrast to what a lot of people think so sit tight and remember agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability
1: has a channel dedicated to artists who had one big pop hit. And that was it. R&B, country, dance, rock, pop, new wave, novelty, and more 24-7. From the 70s to the last decade, hear a collection of hits that started and ended careers in three minutes. Wonderland, the one-hit wonder channel. Exclusively on the SXM app.
2: Hi, this is Red Steagall. I want you to join me every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock Eastern, and together we'll explore the life of the American cowboy through his poetry and his music on Cowboy Corner Collections. These are shows that we have recorded and aired over the past two decades, including the music and poetry of our friends, as well as myself and the boys in the bunkhouse. With stories by America's great storytellers, join me as we ride through the West on Cowboy Corner Collections Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio.
1: Hi everybody, this is Marty Stewart. Join me as I travel coast to coast, city to city, exploring America through his sounds and stories on Marty Stewart's American Odyssey. Then stick around for the Marty Stewart Show, bringing the brightest stars and the best music straight into your home with the help of my fabulous superlatives. It all starts Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, right here on Rural Radio.
2: everybody, this is Steve Kenyon from the Cowboy Channel and Rural Radio and Western Sports Roundup. Every weekday afternoon, we bring you the latest in Western sports. Please join me and the entire Cowboy Channel team. Justin McKee and Ty mcclary Amy Wilson Cameron, Janie Johnson, Jeff Metters. We'll keep you in touch with professional rodeo, cutting, reining, barrel racing, roping, bull riding, and more Western sports roundup, three in the west, six in the east on the Cowboy Channel, on Rural Radio, and on the Sirius XML.
0: All righty, time for a correction. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer who is a, uh, hopefully, God willing, a better hot rod farmer than I am a reader of my own handwriting. Here it was, Ken from Montana was so gracious to, to send me a note that said howdy and told me where he was going to deliver oil field equipment, and then I pronounced his last name wrong. So I'm sorry, Ken. It's Bailey. B-A-I-L-E-Y. And I call them Barley. And the only, and you know, as I used to say, as a young man in front of the judge in traffic court, guilty with an explanation. And my explanation is that I do know someone through business who is Ken Barley. Uh, Barley like the, uh, like the crop, but that is Mr. Ken Bailey. And I apologize pronouncing your name incorrectly i should just stick with first name, right because i kill everybody's last name even the simplest last name but what we're going to talk about today as i was saying is uh, mineral versus synthetic oils and when it is probably best for you to use a mineral oil instead of a synthetic and uh <clears throat> that flies in the face of a lot of conventional wisdom and of what people tell you about synthetics but hopefully you will understand this. And it's going to be application specific, but but I will, you know, go into it and explain to you what my thought process is. But what I have to do is I have to tell you a couple of the names here, and hopefully I don't kill these. All right, Mr. Joe Patton from Iowa, Mr. Sam Green from California, Mr. Paul Zoski from Ontario, Canada, and Butch Leal from Michigan. And collectively, over the past few weeks, they've written me letters about almost the same thing, saying um, whether they should use a mineral oil or a synthetic oil in their engines and their equipment. So I kind of put this all together. And since I have not been doing a letter at the end of the show, because I haven't had the time, with the Under the Sheet Metal segment, that I felt that I would make this whole show dedicated to answer their questions. Because I know there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions about oil. Now, for full disclosure, I want to tell you that I am not, nor do I claim to be a tribologist. And you may say, what is a tribologist? Well, there is a term called tribology, T-R-I-B-O-L-O-G-Y and that is a discipline uh, i would say that uh, to be a true tribologist is an engineering discipline there's people who claim that they are a tribologist that they take some sort of certification test, but well, that's neither here nor there whether i would consider you a tribologist but tribology is the study of lubricants and that and it comes the root word is that is trib uh, uh, tribo tribo which is from the greek which means rubbing. So that is why tribology comes, the root word comes from the Greek, and it is the study of lubricants. So uh, there's so much going on with lubricants, and just like with agronomy and with everything else, is that as time marches on and as the world gets older, that uh, we learn more about things i mean we learn more about we learn we 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 know more about engines now and combustion and fuels and we know more about agronomy and animal husbandry than we did 30 40 50 60 100 years ago so the study of oil and this the uh of lubricants is and tribology usually also gets into bearing materials also but most of the time people refer to lubricants With it, and the oils today are completely different than they were years ago. Even though they're same, they serve the same function. And the function of an oil in an engine is not only to create, uh, to eliminate metal-to-metal contact with crankshaft bearings, and camshaft right to have a protective layer to offer lubrication but also what a lot of people don't realize is that within every engine and specifically an air cooled engine that oil itself is a is a cooling agent so uh, if anybody did any any machining they uh, they ran a lathe all right, or a uh, or a milling machine that they'll have a coolant, and historically that's a water-based product. But the oil in an engine, in every engine, also acts as a coolant. So that's why it's so important for you to to make sure that the oil in all of your engines is the proper quality, and is not polluted. But I mean polluted with uh, with fuel in it and other byproducts from combustion. Because not only are you going to be degrading the uh, lubrication properties the lubricity of it and the protection properties but you're also going to be degrading the cooling properties and oil that is that specifically on the crankshaft but on the valves every place is acts as a coolant and removes heat and and most engines today have oil cooled pistons so they actually spray oil from this uh from the uh from the connecting rod from the the small end of the connecting rod there's a jet where they modify it so there's a jet there and or orifice and they spray oil to the bottom of the piston and that takes pulls heat out of the piston crown uh during combustion so oil so oil is very 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 important but uh <clears throat> what i wanted to go into today is that there's always a big discussion on whether you should use a mineral oil whether you should you should use a synthetic oil And um, the thing is that I will say to you, it depends. Now, I am a big person on synthetic oil. I run synthetic oil and everything. My car, my cars run synthetic oil, my pickup truck, my farm tractor, my lawn tractor, my generator runs, my backup generator runs synthetic oils. And the thing is that, but to tell you the truth, a couple of those applications, I should probably run a... A mineral oil or a semi-synthetic and what a semi-synthetic is is a uh, is a mineral or mineral oil meaning that's made from natural oil and then it's and it's blended with a synthetic so it's just they call it a synthetic blend or a semi-synthetic and i will get into why uh you should be considering a mineral oil in some applications but the first thing <clears throat> that everybody has the question and i'm like i said this is going to be a simple overview it's not a tribology seminar and is that what is a synthetic oil well for the most part a synthetic oil starts with mineral oil base stocks and what they mean by a base stock is the crude oil that is used or the crude oil that's modified slightly that is used for the base to create the oil they create the lubricant whether it's mineral oil or synthetic oil so it's always so it's a so that is what is called a base stock now synthetic oil starts with a mineral base stock and historically there's many 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 different mineral base stocks so historically it's a higher quality mineral base stock but most importantly it is put through a process and it's, it, it's so it, it's the molecular structure of synthetic oil is so highly altered through this process, which is called, and it's a synthis, synthet, synthesization process. I can't even say the word. So it synthesizes the properly way for me to say it. And this changes the molecular structure. And what it basically does, it makes the molecular structure more uniform, and historically, it makes the molecular structure smaller so we're taking this base oil that came from god's creation from the earth and it's going through this synthesizing process and the synthesizing process alters it to such an extent that it is now considered uh, it doesn't resemble uh the base stock so that's why it's called a synthetic oil all right so that in in essence what it is so it all starts with base stock that also some of the additives that go into it where in a mineral oil may have a natural base to them where in a synthetic it may be a fully synthesized base so in essence you could think of it as a a um, gmo corn versus versus a non-gmo corn but what I want to get to here is that there are a number of benefits of a synthetic oil is that it's usually <clears throat> more thermally stable. It could take higher pressures. It usually runs cleaner, it has a higher detergent content and all of that. And that's what people talk about is it, it could stay in service longer. It doesn't seem to bre- it doesn't break down as easily. As, other, as a mineral oil does and that's all because it's 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 modified it's synthesized all right and now on the flip side of that years ago people used to say well synthetic oil lots of like antifreeze right they say antifreeze will find leaks where water won't and they said synthetic oils will find leaks in an engine where mineral oil would not and that is simply because <clears throat> of two things number one the molecular structure is smaller which i said a minute or two ago so if the molecular structure is smaller if there's a poor gasket fit someplace where a rear main seal is and hugging the crank as tightly as it should it's going to go through and there's also something with every with every loop with every fluid which we're going to get into which is called surface tension so for for lay person's terms we'll say surface tension it's more slippery so in essence, what will happen is that you will be able to... It will be, it'll find leaks easier because its molecular structure is smaller, so it's like having a, a, a different size screen and a sprayer tip, all right, on a farm sprayer, and then it has a lower surface tension so it's, it's able to move easier, and you put that all together and has a tendency to find leaks where mineral oil will not. All right, so now what I want to discuss is that... Why are there some times that you, some applications, I should say, that you'd be better off using a mineral oil versus a synthetic oil? Well, first of all, number one, the mineral oils today are probably better than the synthetic oils were 20 years ago, and the synthetic oils today are much better than they were 20 years ago. So we've raised the whole bars, it's hard to say. Everybody learned how to do things better. So the oils today, if you stick with a name brand oil of either synthetic, mineral, or semi-synthetic, then you're going to be fine, all right? We're talking about engine oils here. Now, there is a term with oils that is called wettability, and it's, uh, and we use that term in agriculture because there's wetting agents. We may use a wetting agent as a surfactant uh, when we're putting a fungicide or putting some sort of uh, um, herbicide on a plant for it to cover the leaf. So when we say wettability is that it's the tendency for the, for the liquid to be able to cover the surface. But then we also have to look at something when it comes to oil is the surface tension, as I was just saying, is that the surface tension is its um, ability to flow freely or not cling to that particular Surface Now, in agriculture, we also use, I started to say, wetting agents, not only a surfactant on plants, but we could use a wetting agent. Sometimes they call it a penetrant, like I use a penetrant uh, with my pre-emerge. I use um, Acuron, and I use a product from uh, Conklin called Wex. So it allows so it changes the surface tension of the acuron to let it to get to let it get down into the soil structure. where the weed where the weed bed weed seed bed is with in theory less rain. instead of having the one inch of rain, it'll get down there in maybe a half inch or whatever. and they don't give you a number. so what have you? Another thing to come into play here is that why? Would you want to possibly use a mineral oil? Well, the thing in a nutshell, if you have an engine that has seasonal use, let's say like a lawn tractor or an engine on a seed tender or an older farm tractor that you don't use that much around the farm, maybe use it to auger stuff, do some mowing, it's not run too often is that the wettability, so its ability to stay on the surface, and I'm going to modify that slightly, its ability to cling or adhere to the internal parts in the engine of a mineral oil is much better than a synthetic oil. So what that means is that if you have this seed tender engine and you don't run it that often, obviously, correct, or you have an older farm tractor or what have you, is that if you were to run a high-grade pure mineral oil in it it the the parts will stay coated when you shut the engine off all of the internal parts the bearings the camshaft what have you will stay coated with a film of oil longer than it would with a synthetic oil or a synthetic blend but a synthetic oil its surface tension it's going to run right off so when you shut the engine off it's going to basically run right off and even though <clears throat> by definition, wettability is the ability to cover the surface. So we're gonna actually modify that term. It's wettability and adhesion. So a mineral oil is just has has a good degree of wettability just like just like synthetic does, but its adhesion is better. It's not to be confused with viscosity. There's a lot of stuff going on here. But it's gonna adhere to it, like you'd want to have a product adhere to a plant leaf and not run off. So will the mineral oil eventually run off those parts in the engine? Most certainly they will, but it's always gonna leave more of a film on it, and that film is going to protect the internal parts of that engine from rust and corrosion. So if there's so if there is an and that's why I said in theory, I should be using. A mineral oil instead of a synthetic in my backup generator, all right, and in my lawn tractor because for six months out of the year or the backup generator, other than doing exercise, if the power doesn't go out, then I, I am not going to run it, right, other than the exercise, But the thing is that the reason why I did run a synthetic is because I wanted it to be able to have the easiest, the least friction for it to start. So so if it's 20 degrees below zero, that I could have a better cranking speed with it to get it to start. And I do run it often enough as far as exercise that I'm not overly concerned about the adhesion. But in theory, if I were to listen to my own medicine, take my own medicine, I should not have that. I should have a mineral oil in it. So in a nutshell, to make this simple, because you don't want to be a tribologist, if you have an engine that you use seasonally, <clears throat> the best thing to do is to run a mineral oil in it because it's not it's not run that often. Now, you could have something like a a, a lawn tractor or a seed tender, and you could run a synthetic oil and then convert it over to a mineral oil at the end of the season. But that's <clears throat> I'm overcomplicating it. The mineral oils are excellent today, the synthetics are excellent, but if it's going to sit and not be used and not be run for long periods of time, or it's a collector car or a collector tractor, the way to go is with a mineral oil because you want the wettability and you want the adhesion of the wettability.
1: If you're a farmer or rancher, chances are you've thought about joining Kansas Farm Bureau. So, what's stopping you? Your membership means you have a seat at the table when it comes to the issues that affect your farm. Things like trade, taxes, water, and regulations. The state's largest farm advocacy organization brings your message to policy decision makers at the county, state, and national level. The voice of agriculture becomes your voice and fights for Kansas farmers and ranchers. And a Kansas Farm Bureau membership includes other benefits. For about $50 a year, you'll receive discounts on equipment and supplies, cell phone plans, financial and legal support, home and office supplies, and more. You'll also receive Kansas Living, a quarterly lifestyle magazine featuring real stories of farmers and producers around the state, plus great recipes, crafts, and things to see and do in Kansas. Join us today. Visit kfb.org farmerrancher farmer rancher to learn more. This Iowa Minute is brought to you by the Iowa Farm Bureau. Wetlands are nature's nitrate filters, and this one being put in place at Des Moines Waterworks is just one example. Thanks to the collaboration and guidance from experts at Iowa State University, farmers have been putting in wetlands for generations and learning a lot.
2: CREP required that we monitor and demonstrate, proof that these wetlands really do remove uh, nutrient loads. We can build wetlands today that will operate 20 to 30 percent or more efficiently than they did when we first started the program more than 10 years ago.
1: Because wetlands come with many habitat benefits, there's a waiting list. Farmers love them. It makes me feel good about what I'm contributing ultimately to conservation. Through intensive study, farmers know wetlands are a great option for removing nitrates, but not the only option they're embracing. To learn more, check out ConservationCountsIowa.com.
0: All righty, welcome back to the show. We're going to have to uh, eliminate text from Ripsaw Records today, to hot rod man, because I went very long in the second segment of the show. So we're going to go right into the under the sheet metal segment. When most in agriculture discuss stress, they're referring to something that they are going through or that a crop or livestock is enduring. But there are more places that stress can be hiding and is just as detrimental. Almost anything that is made from metal is harboring unseen stress. It is invisible until a part prematurely fails, cracks, or distorts. All of us are affected by this. Something fails on a piece of farm equipment for no apparent reason or a new weld cracks shortly after being laid down. There is a reason for these events, and it is called thermal stress. Metal can unintentionally shelter two different stresses, mechanical stress or thermal stress. Mechanical stress is induced when metal is bent, formed, or shaped. The metal is forced into a different condition. Thermal stress is created when metal is cut or welded cast drilled or quenched it is induced by a sharp temperature drop for example when welding a natural air quench occurs as you move transversely away from the line of work this is known as the heat affected zone during the sharp temperature drop both the weld metal and the heat affected zone are impacted in simple terms the heat affected zone creates an uneven molecular structure this results in potential cracking or distortion over time. Between the two, thermal stress is much more destructive than mechanical stress. So, thermal stress is found in every engine, transmission, tillage implement, planter, anything else that is made from metal and during its manufacturing process experiences a sharp temperature drop temperature drop so listen i want to thank you so much for tuning in and i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher and my beloved beloved america you have a blessed blessed day and i'll catch you next week bye bye
2: Rural is the roots of our nation.
0: Sirius XM's Rural
2: Radio. western sports, country music, comedians. It's an attitude. The rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. We've got everything from hunting, fishing, and conservation. Horses and horse training. Of news, weather, and the commodity markets. Sirius XM, it doesn't matter where you are in North America. It's always there. They'll have it in their trucks, in their combines, in their tractors. To hear Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Activate your radio now. Call 844-711-8800. Or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quickly. NFR Extra follows Cowboys, talks to legends and country stars and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in December. Follow me, Nevada Caldwell, Bryland Bentley, and Steve Goder as we delve deep into the stories in and behind The Road to Gold. Listen to NFR Extra on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM every Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern with a re-air Tuesday in the same time slot. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon from the Cowboy Channel and Rural Radio and Western Sports Roundup. Every weekday afternoon, we bring you the latest in Western sports. Please join me and the entire Cowboy Channel team. Justin McKee and Ty McClary, Amy Wilson-Cameron, Janie Johnson, Jeff Metters. We'll keep you in touch with professional rodeo, cutting, reining, barrel racing, roping, bull riding, and more. Western Sports Roundup, 3 in the West, 6 in the East on the Cowboy Channel, on Rural Radio, and on the Sirius XMF. From the rapid technological advances in the business of farming to the policy that helps shape the industry, agriculture is changing. Join me, Max Armstrong and Orion Samuelson, for news, weather, market commentary, and much, much more on This Week in Agribusiness, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147. I'm Lisa Harville from Carthage, Tennessee. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM.